song says he's precious. I say amen to that, don't you? Hey, don't you? Amen. He is precious. Second Chronicles this evening. Second Chronicles chapter number six. Second Chronicles chapter number six. We're going to look over a lot of verses here, but uh, I'm not going to read all the verses we're going to cover tonight. And uh, I, won't, I won't read every one of the verses, but uh, what we find here is, a, is quite a prayer uh, and, um, uh, by Solomon, and, and uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it this evening. The title of my message tonight is The House of Prayer, The House of Prayer, and uh, let's go to verse number 12, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse number 12 uh, through 13 is what we're going to read. So just the two verses, so uh, let's, let's do it in unison together now. You ready? And he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands. For Solomon had made a brazen scaffold of five cubits long and five cubits broad and three cubits high and had it set in the midst of the court. And upon it he stood and kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And then we, we're not going to read it now, but there, we'll read, you look on there and you find the prayer that Solomon had uh, here on this dedication prayer at the temple. And so the time of my message is the house of prayer. Let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, thank you once again for the opportunity to be in church this evening. And uh, Lord, uh, uh, I, I pray help us to understand the importance of the hour. We're not here just because that's what we're supposed to do. I pray, Lord, if we came that way, that we might realize we need to come because we want to even. And, Lord, that we desire your word. If the desire's not there, uh, we, need, we need to ask you for it tonight. Why, that's, in fact, something we can pray about tonight as we deal with prayer. So, Father, I pray that you'll just speak to us and may we understand the importance of prayer. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Again, we find in our text here, I think, something very interesting here about King Solomon dedicating the, the great temple that he had built, dedicating it through prayer. And, uh, you know, I, I, I believe uh, uh, that, that prayer is an important part in the Christian's life. Amen. Amen. All right. Y'all out there? Okay. I see you now. I know you're here. And, uh, but uh, at least let me hear your head rattle when you shake it, Okay. But uh, when, I, when, I, when I look at, the, at, at, at this here and I see the dedication uh, of, this, uh, of the temple and, and uh, how important it was and what, what uh, Solomon did, I think it's interesting what he told us about there, what he had made, and then, then that uh, uh, he went and, and knelt down and he lifted up uh, uh, upon his knees and then he, he spread forth his hands toward heaven. And, uh, you know, I, I picture what, what that must have looked like in front of everybody. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. But then he goes into quite a lengthy prayer. You know, prayer doesn't have to be real long. It can be short, but I believe it needs to be from the heart. It's not to be something that is uh, uh, try to show off. You know, I've heard sometimes people say, well, they pray so beautifully. You know, you, you can pray beautifully, but I, I'll tell you what, a little kid that says, bless this boo-boo and bless that boo-boo, God hears that too. And God knows our hearts when we pray, when we're trying to impress somebody else or we're trying to get a hold of God. But I think about a church, and we talked about that a little bit here this, this morning, about the importance of church. And uh, the, one of the important things that goes on in church is that of prayer. You know, already this, this, this evening here, we prayed for the offering. We prayed for uh, the preaching just now. We prayed at the beginning there, you know, God to bless the service and, 
And uh, we, we prayed there. In fact, downstairs just a little while ago, uh, about, what, about a half hour ago, we were downstairs. Some men gathered down there, and we prayed. Uh, we don't go down there and play checkers or anything like that. We go, and we, we'll talk a little bit before time, when it's time to pray. We, start, we take some prayer requests real quick, well, real quick. And really the reason why we gather together down there is to pray for the service tonight. And uh, we started doing that way back yonder when we were in the boarding home 40 years ago. And uh, we, we would go in one of those rooms, and, and uh, there was one little uh, twin bed, and, and uh, some of the men would come in there, and we would just kneel around that and pray and ask God to bless. I believe in prayer, don't you? And one of the wonderful things about prayer, it's not us going through a book. It's us talking to a God and the God of all gods. And, uh, and so uh, I begin to think how important prayer is. And I think, you know, within the walls of this building here, a lot of things happen. We've had funerals before. We've had, uh, you know, weddings before. We've had Bible school in here. We've had revival meetings, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night services. A lot of things happen in this, this place here. But within the walls, one of the greatest things that ever happens is when we pray. You know, I know we, we say let's bow our heads in prayer, and I and I and I. This is one of the things always in my mind. I hope everybody is really joining on the prayer. You know, this this evening here, I ask uh, Billy to pray for the offering, and Billy prayed for the offering. You know what every one of us should have been doing? Praying for the offering. You know, someone can lead in prayer, but we need to also pray. Now, it's probably best not for us all to pray out loud at one time, or it'll sound like confusion. But when we pray, though, as someone leads in prayer, we pray silently with them. But that it doesn't mean we're not praying. I think God knows even our thoughts, doesn't he? And he knows even what we're thinking. So we can pray silently, too. And, 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 but, but the thing is that prayer is a very important part of the church. But prayer is a very important part of the individual's life. As a Christian, God wants us to pray. The disciples said, Lord, teach us uh, to pray. And I, I begin to think about, you know, in, in praying and in, in our lives. And, and I think, you know, how, how should we pray? And I, I have several things I want to share with you here about this. But we ought to pray, I believe, this in every circumstance. You know, our lives change from day to day, don't they? You know, I, I think about when I, when, I was, when I was a kid, when I was these guys' age here. You know, there's a lot of things that I, I need to pray about as a kid. I don't think they need to pray about so much about, oh, Lord, take care of the mortgage. But dads need to do that, don't they? Dads need to pray that. They can pray, Lord, help me be a good boy. Well, you ought to try doing that once in a while, fellas. And uh, help me be a good girl. Help me be the right kind of uh, child for my mom and dad. But, you know, everyone needs that. We need to pray in all circumstances and no matter what it is. Uh, I, I told you my preacher used to always, every morning, he would get up and, and get in the car to go, to go down to the church. And he always would pray and say, Holy Spirit, guide me. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, just, you're just driving to church. But I thought, isn't that something that you would think enough to pray and ask for God's guidance? Uh, our lives ought to be bathed in prayer. Every circumstance that comes in our life, most of the time when we pray is when something bad happens. Isn't it? All of a sudden, we got bad news. We go, man, we need to pray. And, and I understand that. And I think that ought to click in our hearts right away. We ought to pray. But do you ever stop and think we can pray even when things are going well? When things are fine, when, 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 when the day is just going great, we ought to pray and thank God for it. Prayer is something in every circumstance that comes along in our life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. That means just keep on praying. No matter what the circumstance is, prayer is important and should be found in every situation of our lives. If we would bathe our lives in prayer, I believe our lives would be a 
whole lot more uh, 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 be, be more used of God when we pray, when we pray. We need to pray in circumstances. We need to pray in confidence. You know, I, I'm glad, my confidence is not in the government. You've heard me say that many times. But my confidence is in the Lord. Amen. My confidence is not in myself. My confidence is in the Lord. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, and by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, I, I, that verse came to my mind, and I started thinking about the reason it came to my mind was the last part of that verse. And I, and I understand the first part, be careful for nothing, and everything by prayer and supplication. But the last part says, with thanksgiving. Now, he's telling us to pray, but also when we pray about all these things, we pray with thanksgiving. What that means is this, I'm thanking God before I even say amen. That's assurance that God hears my prayer. Amen? I mean, to think that God hears our prayer, when we, pray, we, we need to pray, I, what I believe is that with that confidence to know that I have a God in heaven that answers my prayer. Now, that doesn't mean he'll answer it according to your will. God has a will for every one of us, doesn't he? And God has a will, and God allows some things to happen. We look and say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. Wait a minute. God did answer our prayer. It may have not been the answer you want, but God answers prayer. And, and maybe sometimes the problem is that all we do, we're, you ever see, ever see the Muslims, they go through their beads? Catholics do the same thing. They go through their beads, and they're going through all this here, and they're praying to Mary. Why in the world would you pray to a sinner? Mary was a sinner just like everybody else. Now, what happened? She was a virgin, yes, when she gave birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. But she was a sinner that needed a Savior. In fact, she said herself that she, she talked about Jesus as her Savior. And so what we look, we see, see the Catholics, we see the Muslims do it. They got their prayer beads and their prayer books. Uh, I told you about the time having a, having a, a funeral for a man. And uh, that's when we were down in the building down here. And, and uh, we didn't have, there was enough room. He was kind of a prominent man in town. And we had, we had they, the family asked, said, would you come up to our church and uh, the old church and, and have the service there? And I really didn't like doing that so much, but I knew that a lot of people would be there and I'd have an opportunity to preach the gospel. And so I got up there and I, and, I, and, I, and I had it. And so the pastor of the church, he wasn't supposed to have anything to do with it. And uh, because I told him, I said, as long as I get the opportunity and uh, so uh, to preach this and I'll be in charge of the service. They said, okay. Well, what happens, the preacher, he decides that he's going to get up and introduce me, and he was going to pray. And while he's praying, I don't peek. I close my eyes and I pray, amen, because I believe prayer is important. But I peeked. He said, why did you peek? Because I could tell he was reading something. And so he's praying along, and he's going through it. I'm thinking, this don't sound right. And all of a sudden, I just peeked open my eye, and there he had a little prayer book, and he's reading a prayer. Let me tell you something, preacher can't pray without him reading the prayer. He's got a problem. Amen. And, and then when we went to the graveside, he pulled it again on me. We're at the graveside, and he goes, all right, you know, we're, we're ready to start this now. And he goes, and, and let me pray. And I'm like, I don't want you to pray. You know, I'm ready to smack him, push him in the grave, you know. And uh, uh, he, I, he wants to pray. And so he gets there, and he pulls his little book out. And again, I peeked. And I looked. And there was, and you've heard me tell the story, 
It was a prayer. If the man's a member of your church, if the person is a member of your church, pray this prayer. If this person is, is not a member, pray this prayer. If this is a man, pray this of a woman. He had all those prayers written out in this book. And again, I'm like, you know, buddy, why don't you just turn in your, your keys and walk away and get a real job that, that, that you can do instead of having to read a prayer? Ladies and gentlemen, you say, well, I can't pray. Wait a minute, I've never seen a Baptist who can't talk. We all can talk. You've seen how it is in here when, before church. Everybody can talk. But let me tell you something. You know what prayer is? It's talking to God. Every one of us can do that. But here's the thing. When we pray and we talk to God, we can pray in confidence. That's why in that verse it said that we're to be careful of nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I'm thinking, you know, usually what do we say? Lord, I pray you bless now. Lord, meet this need in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray, and then we wait, and if he does it, then we give him thanks. Confidence is this. I'm going to thank you before I even get it. I'm going to thank you before you answer me. That's confidence in prayer. We also need to pray with constance, to be constantly praying. The Bible says, short little verse, three words, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. You know, we just, we have, we have, we have that problem about praying. We can pray about everything. We can pray without ceasing. And, uh, but the thing is, when we come to church, we ought to, ought to be a very vital part of our, of our service. You say, preacher, why do we pray so much? Why not? We're talking to the Lord, aren't we? That's what it's all about. You know, the Bible says in Mark chapter number 11, when Jesus came into, when he came into the temple, listen to what it says in Mark chapter 11, verse 17. And he taught, saying unto them, it is, it is, is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations? Here it is, the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. You know what the Lord was upset with? These folks were doing everything else but praying. Everything else but praying. And he said, he said, my house should be called of the nations, the house of prayer. You know, that comes from Isaiah 56, verse 7. Listen to the verse where, 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 where our Lord was, was talking about that. He said in Isaiah, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon my altar. For mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. Now, I, I like, you know, that's, that's what the Lord was talking about. The Lord was quoting the Old Testament there. When the Lord said it there in the New Testament, he said not a house of prayer or, not, or an and house of prayer as it had there in Isaiah. But the Lord said this, the house of prayer. In other words, every, every church ought to be called the house of prayer. I'm not saying it has to be the name of it on the sign. But everybody ought to know that is, that's the house of prayer there. That's where we come to God. We speak to God. You know, I'm afraid sometimes when we pray, and like I said at the beginning of the service, all right, let's bow our heads for prayer, and we bow our heads, and we sit there, we look around, we play around, look and see who's, who's praying, who's not praying. Let me tell you something. Don't matter to you who is and who is not. What matters if you are. Pray constantly. They had special times of prayer when they would go to the temple and pray. Uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. It was an important time in their life when they went to the temple to pray. I understand you can pray at home, right? You can pray at home. You can pray in your car. Don't close your eyes unless you're sitting still and got it in park, all right? But you can pray in your car. You can pray anywhere. You can pray at a restaurant when you go to eat food. Amen. 
You say, well, what if somebody looks at us? Well, they should have had their heads bowed too. <laughs> but you could pray. I'm not saying stand on your, on, uh, up on your chair and say to everybody in the restaurant, all right, everyone be quiet. I'm about to pray. You don't need to do that. That's showing off there. But, hey, don't be afraid to bow your head. You say, well, what if somebody's looking at us? Let them look at you. Have a testimony. Be thankful for the food. And, by the way, you better pray for your food because you don't know who made it these days. Amen. I'm telling you what, if, if the serv- some of the servers these days are looking pretty creepy. And so I'm thinking if the servers are looking pretty creepy, they got metal sticking out of there. I mean, these, these, these girls with all these things hanging out of their nose. I mean, I'm, I look at them and I'm thinking, just wipe that nose. Just, just clean that up there. That's just nasty. And I'm thinking, what is behind the door? Amen. Pray. Your life may depend upon it. But we need to pray. About what? Everything. Not prayer, but what happens, the Bible says this also, that there were three times when the Jews would go to pray. You know, the Jews would pray at 9 o'clock, at 12 o'clock, and 3 o'clock. You know, it had special times of prayer. That's why we have prayer meeting on Wednesday night at, at 7 o'clock. That's why I have men's prayer time downstairs. That's why, you know, we have an order of service. Now, we don't put it in the bulletin, you know, the, 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 the music beforehand and then the the walk of the pastor and the, and the song leader down the aisle, and then the first song. We don't put it in there. We don't have a menu. But we do have an order. You know, the Bible says things ought to be done decently in order. And so we do have an order. We follow along. Sometimes I mess up. I don't know when to get up or when to sit down, you know. And, and, uh, but, but the thing is that there's, there's an order that we have. But there is a reason why when we get in here we have certain times when we pray. There's nothing wrong with having an order there. You know, we ought, to, we, ought to, we ought to look at it this way. You know, I'm going to pray every morning. I'm going to pray every afternoon. I'm going to pray every evening. Have some time. There's nothing wrong with having that order. I think about Daniel. In the book of Daniel tells about him. Remember, they made a law and said, listen, you can't pray anymore. You know, that, that's the thing. You, this always bothers me. People get, you know, people get upset. What if all of a sudden they, they don't allow us to, uh, 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 to go to church anymore? You know, and, and probably the most people get, most folks, there's a lot of people get upset that never go to church. I believe this, take advantage of the opportunities you have. And all of a sudden, when they say you can't do something, maybe it's because of rebellion in the heart of a person. But when they say you can't do something, then they want to do it. You know, we ought to be doing the right thing before they say we can't do the right thing. Because that's what Daniel did. They made a law and said, you can't pray. Daniel said, well, you can make the law, but I'm praying. Daniel didn't say, well, I'll just show them. I'll just, I'll just go up there and I'll pray and I'll just let them have it. No, that's not what he did. You know what? He was always praying. In fact, the Bible says, listen to it, Daniel 6.10. Now, when Daniel knew that the, right, that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in, the, in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. This was not, well, they made a law against it. I think I'll go and pray, just kind of tick them off. That's not what he was doing. He went, he went and prayed because that's what he always had done. Folks, we ought to be in the habit of praying that when they say you can't pray, we still pray. Don't start because they, can't, they say you can't. I, I was reading a little story here this afternoon about... Uh, uh, a preacher in, in Canada, and he had prayed for, remember all the truckers were blocking the roads and that during COVID, I think it was during COVID, wasn't or something like that, and they wouldn't open up, and, and a preacher went and he, he preached to the people, and now, now they want to put him in jail, and, 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 I, and I'm thinking, you know, in, in Canada, I mean, it's getting pretty communistic up there, 
And up in Canada, they say, you know, well, that, that this is hate speech. You know, I didn't start preaching against the homosexuals because they said that's hate speech. I've been preaching against it because my Bible said so from the very beginning. I'm not all of a sudden adapted to saying, you know, I'm going to do what is illegal. I believe in doing what the Bible says. But Daniel, what he'd do? He'd go up to his up to his place. He says, I pray all the time. I'm not stopping now. You imagine someone going by and say, Daniel, you know, you can't do that. They said you can't do it. He said, I always do, and I'm still going to pray. You know what that tells me? It was pretty important to him. So important, he knew what the penalty was. You know, you know, it, it's a cute little story to tell the kids. There was a lion's den. I don't think it was a cute little story to Daniel. I didn't think Daniel said, well, you know, I'm going to go pray so I can go pet the kitties. No, he knew what was going to happen to him, but he knew the importance of prayer. Oh, would to God, we as his people would understand the importance of prayer when it's time to bow our heads and we talk to God that we would really take it serious. Like Daniel did. The Bible says in Psalm 55, verse 17, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. And so we find that Solomon understood that it was important to pray in the dedication of the temple. And we notice something about this prayer. It's quite a lengthy prayer, and we won't go through all of it, but I'd like to highlight a few things about this here this evening. And as we look at this prayer, we find the prayer starts out there in verse number 12 where he begins to say what he's going to do and he kneels down and he prays. And, and, and then verse 14 says, and, he, and, and said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee. He began to pray here unto the, unto the God. Here he is, Solomon, and, 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 he's, and he's praying unto God. I, mean, I can imagine all the eyes that are upon him. But he's praying to God in this dedication prayer at the completion of the temple. And he goes on, and he's talking about all the things, and go, look at what happens, though. Go to, excuse me, go to chapter number 7, verse number 1, and look what it says here. The prayer closes out there in verse 42, and then in verse 1 of chapter 7 says, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, look what happened. The fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. You know what we need tonight? The glory of the Lord to fill the house. But who, who's willing to pray for it? Who's willing to get right with God and pray for the glory of God to come down? This prayer, it wasn't because it was lengthy. It was God heard their prayer, heard his prayer. I look at the I look at the uh, uh, at, at this and I think about the presence and power of God was really the ultimate desire of the prayer that God would be with them. They're praying for the dedication of the temple and He's praying, "Oh God, we need you here. We need you. This needs to be a place of prayer. God, come and meet with us." And God showed His approval with the consuming of the sacrifice and the presence of the Lord. It was a prayer of humility. Look at verse 12 and 13 again. And he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel. And he spread forth his hands. For Solomon had made a brazen scaffold of five cubits long, five cubits broad, and three cubits high, 
and had set it in the midst of the court. And upon it, he stood. And you think about it, he's made this, this place, this scaffold. He's come up there, and he stands upon it. Then think about what this must have looked like. O King Solomon, and kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. Here's old Solomon. He's on his knees and his hands have come up. He's praying unto God. I look at this and I think, you know, and his prayer was a prayer of humility. And as he's there kneeling, the king, who most everybody else bowed to him, but now he's bowing before God with his hands up. He's not caring what man thinks. Humility. But he humbled himself in the sight of man, and he humbled in the presence of God. He knelt down on his knees and spread forth his hands toward heaven, caring. He didn't care what man thought, but he did care what God thought. Oh, wouldn't that be something we get to that place? Are you listening tonight? That we get to a place where we say, you know, Lord, I, I'm not so concerned about what man may think of me and my stand. But God, I'm concerned what you think. And one of these days we'll give an account, won't we? Every one of us will give an account, and our account will be to God. You won't have to answer to your friends or your relatives or your moms and dads. You'll answer to God. We'll give an account. But this was a prayer of humility. It was also a prayer of remembrance. Look at verse number 14. The Bible says, and he said, and said, O Lord God of Israel. Notice the first part. There is no God like thee in the heaven. There's no God like thee. It's remembrance of God as a person, as who he is. There's nobody like him. Let me say something tonight. God, there's nobody like our God. There's nobody like our God. Somebody, a Muslim doctor said one day to me, he said, well, you know, there's really not much difference to us. We just call our God, it's the same God. We just call him different names. No, 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 no. Our God's real. Our God is real. Our God, what happens? He came and he, and, he, and he was born of a virgin. And then what happened? He died on the cross of Calvary, rose again. He was God in the flesh. Our God did that. Their God's still in the tomb. Thank the Lord. But it, what's he say? There is no God like thee in the heaven. Let me tell you something. That, that's why I want to pray. Why? There's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. The world doesn't understand it, but I, I, I see the, the prayer of re, re, remembrance here, but also of God's presence because it says not only that, right after what we just read there, he says, nor in the earth. So there's nobody like God in heaven, nor in the earth. And, and I think about that, that, that how, how the presence of God, how they got, now again, remember we just read there in chapter number seven, verse number one, the presence of the Lord was there. What brought the presence, what brought God to the place of blessing and coming down consuming that, 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 that sacrifice and, and his presence there? How did that happen? Because somebody prayed. Somebody prayed. The remembrance of God's power. Verse number 15, thou which hast kept, I'm sorry, trying to get glasses on and get glasses off. This is crazy, isn't it? Thou which hast kept with thy servant David, my father, that which thou hast promised him and spakest with thy mouth and hast fulfilled it with thine hand at this day. You know, I think about the power of God, that what God said he'll do, he'll do. What God said he'll do, he, he does that, doesn't he? And I think of the power of God when I think of all creation. Isn't that powerful? You know, God created everything. God spoke and it happened. You know, I look at the, yeah, last week there, that moon was so big and bright. And I, I look at that moon and I think, you, you know what threw my mind? 
billions of years ago. You know what went through my mind? My God made that. My God made that. You know, scientists trying to figure, we're trying to look out, we're trying to, you know, we're, we're wondering about Mars. I don't wonder about Mars. I just know it's one of them stars up there. But I know this, my God put Mars there. They're trying to figure it all, all out, what's all up there. Don't worry about what's all up there. I think they ought to pack up half of Washington, D.C. and send them up there. Amen. In fact, why don't we just get all of California on there while we're at it? In New York. And, well, we might as well stop there. But, uh, you know, I mean, to think how powerful God is. He created everything. And it's amazing. You ever think about the, the tide? You say, it cleans good clothes. It cleans really good. I'm not talking about that tide. The tide comes in and out. Isn't that amazing how that happens? And I, I, I saw, you know, about, about how, the, how the, the ships, they have to be in before the tide goes out. And they are able to go in. And God, how the, God has the tide go in. And then the tide comes out. And, and there what happens, because of the whole moon up there. And then what happens after the moon has been up there in the sky for so long. All of a sudden the sun starts coming up and, and, in the eastern sky. And, 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 and to think, uh, yeah, in the eastern sky. I stop and think which direction it was coming from there, but uh, in the eastern sky and, and settles down in the western skies. And think about how God's in control of everything. Boy, how great God is. Why wouldn't we want to talk to someone like that? It's a remembrance of his promises. Verse number 16. Now therefore, O Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David, my father, that which thou hast promised him. You know, I'm glad that God's good to his promises. Amen. You know, you know, politicians, whether they do, they, they promise a lot of things, don't they? Huh? They promise all kinds of things, but you know, very seldom do they ever keep their promises. But God keeps all his promises. You say, well, preacher, you know, the Lord said he's coming again. Well, guess what? He promised it. He will. You see, well, he hasn't yet, but he promised, didn't he? You know, he promised that he would come and, and die upon the cross of Calvary. You know, the Bible promises that, and, and promises is good, and he did. And so we find the remembrance of God's promise. Then we find in this prayer in, in verses 19 through 31, again, we won't read all of them, but look at verse number 21. We find some prayer of intercession. In verse number 21, hearken therefore unto the supplications of thy servant and of thy people Israel, which they shall make toward this place. Hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven. And when thou hearest, what does he say? Forgive. You know, I think about the, pre the, the prayer of intercession there that we can forgive. You know, you, you say, Preacher, I have a hard time forgiving people. Pray for them. Now, don't pray for their toenails to fall off. That's not the kind of prayer we ought to have. We ought to pray for people. You know, it, God changes things through prayer, doesn't he? Then why don't, you, why don't you pray for the people who cause you problems, ask God to bless them and help them? You know, if they get closer to God, they wouldn't be the problem maker that they are. When he says, well, hear us, forgive. I think, thank the Lord that God is able to forgive. And I find there as he prays, Solomon understood the forgiveness of God. And not only that, but the restoration. Look at verse number 27. Then hear thou from heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel, when thou hast taught them the good way where, wherein they should walk, and send rain upon the land which thou hast given unto thy people for an inheritance. God... He was praying there, God just send that rain. You know, sometimes we pray for rain too. 
You know when we usually pray for rain? When it's a drought. Maybe we ought to pray, Lord, just send the rain whenever you see fit. Lord, stop the rain when you see fit. Prayer. Prayer's a mighty thing, isn't it? You know, people sometimes, they're into writing letters to the government. And save your ink. Well, I wrote a letter to my congressman. You know, I've done that before. I've written a letter, and they were trying to get the Sunday hunting, you know, going there. And, and, and I wrote a letter, and you see how well that worked out. And uh, now that they have some Sunday hunting, but uh, I wrote a letter. I did get a letter back from it, and actually the man agreed with me. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it didn't happen. But, uh, you know, I, I believe in, in that's fine to write letters, but I, I believe this, that we need, to, we need to pray to God. If my people shall humble themselves and pray, turn from the wicked ways. Didn't God say that he'd heal our land? Now he said, if you get the right guy in office, he didn't say that. If you humble yourself, first thing is we've got to humble ourselves. Second thing is to pray. Pray. What ought, what ought the church be in the house of prayer? Place where we know where we can come in and God's people will pray. You know, I, don't, I, don't want to ever, I don't want us ever to get to a place where our prayers are nothing more than recited words. Then we're no different than the Catholic or the, or the, or the Muslim. It was a prayer for missions. Look at verse 32. Verse 32 and verse 33. Moreover, concerning the stranger, which is not of thy people Israel, but he's come from a far country for the great namesake, for thy great namesake. And thy mighty hand they stretched and thy stretched out arm, if they come and pray in this house, then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger called to thee for. For all people of the earth may know thy name. You know what he's saying there? He's praying, he's, he's praying here about all the other people. Now, I think, when I think of that, I think of missions, foreign missions. That all the people of the earth may know thy name and fear thee. You know, the, one of the things we pray about when we come to church is for our missionaries. You know, Andy reads a prayer, prayer letter every, every week, and then, then we pray. Then he prays. And he's praying about that. Now, that, that, you, know, that you, you say, preacher, well, that's not real important. No, no. When Andy prays, that's important. But here's the thing. We all ought to be praying when he prays. Pray for those people. You say, well, I'll never know those people. I'll never see those people. Psalm was praying for those people that were from another country. I think of the foreign missions. I thank the Lord for our missionaries and the mission board uh, back there, the mission, uh, uh, missionary board back there in the back. Uh, we look at those people, and we on our prayer lists, we have on the back, we have all our missionaries listed there. Yeah, think about it. We need to pray for them. We're looking forward to hear the, uh, what day is it? The, the Owens, Brother Owens from Bulgaria is going to be here on the 30th, July 30th. And uh, he and his family, I think there's 11 of them all together. And so our church is going to double that night, amen? And uh, that on a Sunday night, he's going to preach, and uh, he's going to come and tell us about the ministry God called him to in Bulgaria. And, uh, and uh, then Brother Lane Jones is coming in, um, hmm, I can't remember, I have to look at it again. Uh, we've got a tentative meeting set up with him. He's been in the Philippines for many, many years, and he's going to come and be with us and speak to us. I thank the Lord for those missionaries on the foreign field. We think of Beam, of course, getting ready to go to the foreign field, and we're excited about it. We pray. And here's the thing, he needs our prayers. But not only him, but all those people on that board back there. And, and you know what, a lot of people we don't even know. Praying for the missions, but also not only for the missionaries, but praying for home missions too. 
Look what he said in verse 33, the last part. He said, All the people of earth may know thy name and fear thee, as doth thy people Israel, and may know that this house which I built is called by thy name. He's saying, Lord, may all those foreign folks know this is the house of prayer. But Lord, I pray, we pray that all your people will know that too. You see, we need to pray for the missionaries. We need to pray for Heritage Baptist Church too. We need to pray for like believers. Amen. That's what I was talking about there. He said, he said Lord, Lord, this, this temple would be a place. It's, it's a house of prayer. We need to pray. And he brings up all these different things we've been talking about here in that prayer. There's also a prayer of deliverance in verses 34 through 39. Let's go to verse number 34. He said, If thy people go out to war against their enemies by the way that thou shalt send them, and they pray unto thee toward this city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy, for thy name. You know, he's praying for those, uh, for deliverance from the enemies, and also deliverance from, from I believe, even, even defeat. Look at verse 35. Thou, then hear thou from, uh, I'm sorry, then hear thou from the heavens their prayer and their supplication, and maintain, like this, and maintain their cause. What's he, what's he, he's saying this. He's praying that they would keep from defeat. You know, the devil's fighting us. We need to pray that God keep us from being defeated. You need to pray for each other that, that no one, no, your brothers and sisters in Christ are not defeated. You know, Satan goes about seeking whom he may devour. I wonder how many times the devil would have a harder time at that if we'd really pray for our brothers and sisters. Look at, look at verse number uh, 39. Then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications and and, and maintain their cause and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. You know, maintain their cause. I like that. The Lord, we need to pray and say, God, help maintain us. Help us to keep on the firing line. Help us to keep doing what's right. We need to be maintaining that. And then I believe also not only to maintain the cause, but also this, it's a prayer of enthronement. Look at verse number 41. Verse number 41. Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place. Thou and the ark of thy strength, let thy priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let thy spirits, thy, thy, I'm sorry, let me get my glass again, let thy, thy saints rejoice in goodness. You know, I, I think about, you know, the rightful place of the Lord is in the temple. You know who's the head of the church? The Lord is, isn't he? He's the one that's the head of the church. Again, think about what Solomon's been praying about all these things. He's saying, God, you're, you're the head here of the church there. And, and he said, that, it, 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 that, that saying, let thy saints rejoice in goodness. You know, we can rejoice as God's people that we are his. And we ought to thank God every day that we're saved. Just, just bow your head and pray and say, Lord, thank you for saving me. You know, sometimes I don't understand why we don't pray more. And, you know, we always pray for, Lord, I need this. Lord, give me this, this money for this bill. And, Lord, help me do this. And, God, help, my, help me feel better. And I understand that and do pray for that. But why don't we just start thanking God for everything he does for us every day? May we lift God up and realize who he is. God is not our, our, our uh, 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 you know, our butler. He's our God. I said this morning, he's not our Walmart. We just go to him when we need stuff. 
I mean, I, I don't think it's wrong to go to him when we need stuff, but here's the thing. We don't want to lift him up. You know what a lot of our prayer ought to be? Bragging on him. God's good, is he? So I don't know about that. Yeah, you know what? Why don't you stop and think about it every time you open your mouth, put food in it. When you get that drink of water, when you take that, 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 that inhale, that air. Think how good God is. And to think about this, if you're saved, you'll never, ever spend one second in hell. God's so good. You see, the truth of the matter is, when it comes to prayer, a lot of things happen in the, in the house of God, in the local church. And all of it's important. But prayer, I think, is one of the major importance of everything that goes on because I believe everything needs to be bathed in prayer. Everything. You know, I mean, think about this. Every ministry ought to be bathed in prayer. You say, preacher, I just don't know what to pray about. Well, why don't you start thinking about this? I told our Sunday school class this, and maybe I think I need to probably do this too, is we need to, you know, we have, we have the church directory even. You know, it would be a good thing. That could be a good prayer book. Because you can go through all the names. Or get you a piece of paper, write down all the names of the people. You say, well, I don't know who, you know, everybody's name. Well, you know, just, I mean, write down, say, you know, that ugly man that sits on the right-hand side. You know who he is. Which is the right-hand side, to me or to you? How many thinks is this side? Vernon does. How many thinks is this side? Boy, I'll tell you what, you, you, you guys are mean over here. You're really mean. And Vernon's the only mean guy. Vernon, you need to move to that side and be mean over there with them. But I, no, seriously. You know what? We all pray for each other. Lord bless. You know, we, you know, we, we've prayed for Dave's had a lot of health problems, and we pray for him, don't we? But you know what? Even when he's feeling good, he needs prayer. There's folks in here. There's some that are older. They need prayer. Some that are younger need prayer. Our young people need prayer. I think about the little girls in here and the boys up here, uh, big fellows up here in the front row. And uh, you know what? They, they need our prayer. Their young lives are going to grow up and they're going to do something. May they do something for God. They need prayer. I look at these little girls in here tonight too and I think, you know, God, they all need a husband someday. I'm praying really hard, girls. Pray real hard. I know some of your dads saying, no way, we ain't ever going to get married. You'll get over it. You get over it, amen. But, uh, you know, how, how, how they need prayer. They need prayer. Look at all the things that are against the kids today. Everything is trying to destroy them. We need to pray for them. Every ministry, the music, the choir, the school, Bible school, soul winning, the radio, the sermon audio, the nursery. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm probably missing something. But, you know, everything goes on needs prayer. When I, when I go in there and I do the radio broadcast, I always, I, before I even get into it, I begin to pray and say, Lord, help me as I preach. God, bless this. And then even when I get the sermon, when, I, when I'm ready and it's time, after I've given the introduction and I read the scripture, you know what I do? I pray again. I don't pray to take up time. I pray because I want God to do something. Everything that goes on, we ought to pray. Every service, we ought to pray for the Sunday school. We ought to pray for your Sunday school teacher. You ought to pray for the Sunday morning sermon. You need to pray for that evening service and the prayer meeting and the revival meetings and the junior church. You know, ladies, you go down and you teach those little kids, go down there and, you know, you just don't know what they're going to do. You just pray, oh, I hope they like their treats. 
But you know what? If you'd be, instead of just getting everything ready for them, do that, but take time to pray for them all. Wouldn't it be something if the house of God would become the house of prayer? The house of prayer. Every special that is sung, bathe it in prayer. Every choir special, bathe it in prayer. See, preacher, it's not really that important. It sets the mood for the whole service. That's why you ought to do your best. That means this, practice it. Know what you're doing. Bathe it in prayer. Oh, God, help me. I'm not looking for, honestly, I'm not looking for, for, for you to be, uh, you know, uh, do it without any mistakes. I'm saying this, may it come from our hearts. This is not a talent show. But I believe, you know, if you get up there and you sing a song, you may not hit every note right, but if it comes from your heart, amen. Prayer is so important in the church. Oftentimes we try to run things on our own power, but we need the power of God, and that comes through prayer. And prayer is something more than just something to do. It's more than just, and I don't want us, whenever we begin in prayer, I don't want it to be just a thing that we just do. I want it to be a time when we're really calling God. God, we're here, and now we need you to speak to our hearts. In a moment, we're going to pray again. It's going to be invitation time. It's not time for us to get ready to go home. It's not time for us to get some candy out and things out of our, our, our pockets and, 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 and all kinds of things like that. It's time for us to pray. That's why I have an altar call. We can come and we can kneel in prayer. And I, I understand, you can pray at your seat too. But don't be standing here to find out who's at the altar. Why don't you just bow your head and pray? A time that's serious. It's serious to pray. Because here's the thing. We're praying to a real God who answers real prayers. Amen. You know, when you prayed, Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Save me now. Most important prayer you ever prayed. But every prayer you pray is an important prayer. And so my prayer tonight is this. Lord, help us. At Heritage Baptist Church. Help this church be a house of prayer. Amen. Now, I don't mean just close your eyes. I mean a house of prayer. That we all pray. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for this time tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us this avenue of prayer. That we so oftentimes just don't use until we're our backs against the wall. Until all of a sudden there's a problem. God, help us tonight to understand the importance of, of prayer. Lord, I pray that there be one thing, if there's one thing that outshines everything else going on at the house of God, it ought to be this, it's a place of prayer. Lord, may folks know Heritage Baptist Church is a place where people pray for you there. Not just a nice little saying, but it really happens. God, I pray every time we bow our heads in this place that it might be a time we do call on you and we talk with you. Lord, thank you so much again for tonight. We can come to you in prayer. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed here this evening. Maybe you need to pray the prayer of the sinner's prayer. I wonder if there's anyone here tonight that said, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know it. 
I need to be saved. Would you slip your hand up, anyone tonight? Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved, but I'd like to know it. You know, if you're, if you're, it's just a prayer way if you're not saved. All you got to do is call upon them. Realize you're a sinner. Christian tonight, what's God speaking to your heart about praying? You know, we, also, we oftentimes, we get so upset with our country. When was the last time you prayed for our nation? We get upset about things going on in our lives. So how about praying about it? When was the last time, and I, and I believe you all do. I, I think you pray for the, your preacher, but I need your prayer every day. We need to pray for each other. Let's decide something tonight that we're going to be in this place, a place called the house of prayer. Those people at that church pray. God spoke to your heart tonight. The altar be open. But wherever you're at, the altar or at your seat. Maybe we need to do like Solomon did, get on our knees. And ask God to bless. Father, thank you for this time tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to pray. God, help us to be the praying church like we should be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.